Alrighty, how's it going everyone? How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Chris is on vacation, so I uh, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it, so I had to get someone else in here with me. Um, but a lot of stuff going on this past week. Um, we'll start off again with uh, our Sports for All Scholarship Foundation that we have going on uh, at FAPodcast.com. Still at 300, looking to get at least 1,000 um, for someone for next school year, 2021-2022. We do have a GoFundMe page now. Um, I posted it on our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. The link is all on all three of those social media platforms. So um, please go donate if you can. And we'll get into the news here. So uh, start off real quick before we get into the NCAA and NFL news here. XFL, we do have XFL news. Yes, sir. Big time news. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, was a part of an ownership group that uh, purchased the XFL for $15 million. thought that was really low. I mean, <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good price for them. Anyways, um, but it sounds like he has a, a lot of good ideas. I haven't really looked into it too much, but sounds like it's going to be yeah. good. Someone that's usually up for flexing his muscles you know i thought it, with you he didn't have to flex that much money to get in on the ownership and if you're looking to compete with big time football what better way to get someone with a huge personality as him you know he's creative um you know charismatic people kind of tend to to float float towards his presence so it could be a shot in the arm you know rejuvenating for that if anything can ever compete with the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he already knows how to be an entertainer, being in the WWE and all his films. So uh, I'm definitely interested to see. I don't know if they'll they'll get it going for next season or not, but um, if not, maybe 2022. And uh, hopefully it's better than – I mean, I thought it was still still, still all right this season, but um, – Yeah. Hopefully I mean, he did better. play a nice NFL agent, you know. Yeah. And ballers, so now he's just going to be an owner. So. Great series. Um, moving into the NCAA news. So, first off, we'll, we'll go with uh, the Big 12 schedule here. Big 12, they announced a non, nine-conference, nine-plus-one, nine-conference, one non-conference, uh, with a mid-to-late September start. It's kind of the same thing that everyone else is doing, except they're the only other... Um, power five other than the ACC that's doing non-conference so right I think that's that's and you know from from the what I know about the ACC is they were doing the one plus so that they could keep a lot of the ACC SEC rival rivalries together like Clemson South Carolina Georgia Georgia Tech Florida Florida State and then the SEC going to a a non-conference kind of hurt that Um, yeah I mean it's really it has to be Big Twelve ACC has to play each other. The only they're uh, the only power five. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know you had you had uh, said about the American the, conference. Yeah, the AAC came out this afternoon um, on Wednesday, August fifth, about their schedule. So they're going to do the uh, eight conference games, but members are allowed to play up uh, to as many as twelve. So eight conference games plus four non-conference. Again, like we were talking, I just don't see how you're going to pull four non-conference opponents unless they're real mid-majors and you're just trying to play some football game, which then ups it, ups the medical side of it and more exposure. So it's not as if, you know, the SEC is going to be scheduling these games or the Big Ten or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think in that situation, it definitely helps the Big 12 and ACC Um I mean, it most likely would give them an easy win in their non-conference, um, depending on which American team they play. I mean, I know there is some powers in the American, like UCF, uh, Memphis, Cincinnati, right. those, those kind of teams. So, I mean, if they want to play those guys and help their potential college football playoff ranking, then ranking. go yeah. ahead. But. If you want I thought easy it was. Um, I thought it was interesting that they're going to play the AAC championship game at the regular season champion. So whoever 
of these eight conference games, whoever the champion is, is going to host it instead of having a neutral site like normal. Um, right. They proposed some dates for the championship game, and they had multiple ones so that it wouldn't conflict with the Army-Navy game. Because as, as I know and have researched and, and being a veteran of the Navy and, and knowing some people in Annapolis, that game is still slated um, for mm-hmm. this season as well. Yeah, that's interesting uh, with Army, uh, who, like, if, if they're going to play, being an independent, um, I, I'm not sure where they're going to go. I mean, you already saw Notre Dame go into the ACC, but right. um, Army usually hasn't been very competitive, so I'm not really sure what where they I guess, go. you know, since we're on the topic of AAC, it would only make sense to me that that – that league for football would would match them somewhat. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, uh, or what... maybe a conference USA type type team or something if they had to join one. Yeah, I don't know uh, with their other sports. I don't know if they play what what conference they play in their other sports or if they're independent in everything. But um, definitely interesting to watch. Uh, but a former independent, uh, UConn, they canceled their season. <laughs> they're they're the uh, they did. First they FBS, did. first FBS school to cancel their season. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot more. I but you know, I don't, I can't say yes or no. Conference, I mean, you know, Connecticut's more of a basketball school when you think of it right. on both the boys and girls side. Uh, to backtrack a little bit, I looked it up. Army is a non-football member of the Patriot League. Oh, okay, so they're. Yeah. Double A. Um, that's interesting. I guess I should have known that, you know. Um, but I just I don't see a lot of people following it, following in the footsteps of Connecticut. You know, I think their two basketball teams might pay for most of their their um, their revenues. So a lot yeah. of people are trying to get this football season in if they want to have sports in the future. Yeah, and like like you said, <laughs> UConn usually isn't good at football anyway, so. It's not really a big loss to the uh, football no. community. <laughs> but another uh, uh, little bit more of a bigger thing here, two more major players uh, on teams uh, opted out. So Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman and Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. That, that hurts me real hard being a Penn State guy uh, at heart, even though I'm a dog now. But – <laughs> uh, <laughs> Penn State guy at heart, Micah Parsons definitely hurts that Penn State defense, um, and the same can be said for Rashad Bateman in the Minnesota offense. With those two, uh, you know, I want I wonder how many more are going to say, "Oh, okay, these two guys had the goal um, to make these decisions." I wonder if you'll start seeing this as school approaches more. Uh, but those are two Power Five five players opting out. And, you know, you have to take into consideration, let's say you're uh, someone that's projected to go anywhere from late first round to third round. You know, do I wait it out, train, keep in great physical condition, or do I go out there knowing, okay, I'm going to take some hits and, you know, susceptible to to COVID-19. So these are big decisions. Yeah, um, I saw a tweet from Matt Miller uh, this past week. Actually, I think it was yesterday that he said he's talked to a lot of agents and it's projected that this week is the week that we're going to see a lot of opt-outs from the FBS schools. Right, right. You'll have a lot to talk about next week. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and, well, I, mean, know, I, was talking, I was talking to somebody that is a sports psychologist um, for a couple of NCAA teams. He's, he's a contractor outsourced. And the discussions that he's had with a lot of them if anything, this shows people why, you know, up until, you know, three or four years ago, most people stayed all four years in college. Mm-hmm. Um, in his opinion, this shows anyone that has a chance to leave early that, hey, I'm leaving early because you don't know the landscape. You know, you don't know right. if the pandemic is going to happen. You don't know if you're going to get injured and your window to make this money is right now for your family. Um, he was saying a lot of them are, are saying, you know, you see guys like that go to the league early and they weren't projected. Maybe they get plucked anywhere from the third to fifth round. You know, they, they mm-hmm. have some financial services in place now, better counseling, 
taking care of their bodies better. Now they can come back, you know, even if they only had a two and a half to three year NFL career, I'm just going to go back to school now with the money that I made and I'm mature. um, I'm ready for class. I don't have the nine to five, you know, not even nine to five. It's like four in the morning till midnight (laughs) routine on campus. I can just go be a college student. Yeah, well, I mean, along with that, um, I forgot to write it down here, but um, everything that's been happening with the Pac-12, um, with the Washington State players specifically, um, the kind of beginnings of a union, a college football player union um, in the Pac-12, as well as I know the Big Ten just created a just unity created. group as well. So, I think that's very significant. You know, we draw back on our time in um, Dr. Baker's sports law class. He said if they would unite in a as a group and start forming almost a union, they would have more power. And he had also was talking about how the NCA should get ahead and out in front of it so that they don't, you know, do it reactively. And now you're seeing these groups pop up, and there, there's going to be some strength. And we, we both know that it's top it's top heavy, man. Those coaches are getting paid a whole lot of money, and I know that they're getting free educations. And you know, we have nutritionists and chefs mm-hmm. on staff at Georgia, and, and also at Penn State, who you love. But they're not they're not seeing the what's the best word? They're not seeing the the fruit of of their labor, particularly at the NCAA level. So. Yeah. And being a manager, you know, at the NCAA Division One basketball level, um, you see some things. And um, any any profession has good and bad bad people, good good doctors, so so doctors, doctors that do it just for the money and the car and and, and the fame as well. Um, and you have that, and that's what I think the NCAA needs to weed out better. You need to make sure that in your hiring practices that you're getting people that care about the athlete mm-hmm. as a person, not just how, what's, what are the means to win these ball games? And then I'm going to chew you up and spit you out, but I'm going to care about you. I'm going to care about you while you're in my program. Afterwards, I'm going to care about your family. And you do that with better hiring practices. You do that with maybe hiring people that look more like the athletes. Cause let's face it, it's dominated percentage wise by people that don't look like me or you. Um, and but there's not a lot of coaches that look like that. Yeah, I think that that's one thing with the NCAA that um, differs when you look at professional, um, because the NFL is so open. At least that's the way it feels like. There's there's a lot of coverage, and you get to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, like I was talking about last week with uh, the one segment on NFL Total Access with um, Steve White going to the LA Rams facility. And showing all the protocols that they're doing there, right, uh, right. and you just don't see that kind of stuff with college programs, and that's why everything's coming out now about Washington State and Colorado State as well not having um, up to standard uh, of COVID protocols right now. So, oh yeah, that news that broke about you know being silent and doing this and coming back to practice. If that stuff is is vetted and true, man, they need an overhaul of the whole whole staff, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens with it. Um, but we'll jump into the NFL news, which is going to be the main portion of the the show here. Uh, long list of stuff, but really, it's not gonna not gonna take that long to talk about it. A bunch of bunch of signings, bunch of releases. Um, did have a trade. Um, that is now voided. Uh, but PJ Hall, the Raiders defense tackle was traded to the Minnesota Vikings for, um, a 2021 conditional seventh round pick. And the condition was, he has to be on the Vikings roster for six games, but, but he failed his physical. So he's going to revert back to the Raiders. And I'm not, I'm not sure why it hasn't happened yet, but he's going to get cut. They said, uh, the Raiders were going to cut him anyways, but they figured they could get something out of him. But now he's going to be cut. <laughs> a land of unwanted, Mr. Hall. No, I'm kidding. Did um, they uh, specify what was spelled on the physical? No. I, I do I not. I haven't seen that yet. I don't remember uh, what 
his injury history was. But um, 2018 second round pick, I believe he was. So someone will pick him up, especially with the uh, the as many defensive tackles that have been opting out. There's definitely a need for defensive tackles in the there's, league right now. Yep, you are true on that one. A uh, bunch of other signings here. So we'll stick with the Raiders there. They did sign Jeremy Hill <laughs> last week. Yeah. And they now they cut him. <laughs> so, they, I mean, were hoping, they were hoping, you know, to, to, to sign low and get a little little out of him, but it seems like it was not a good marriage. Um, another running back that got signed, though, LaShawn McCoy, the biggest name, anyways, that got signed. One year, $1 million with the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's going to join Tom Brady in Tampa and push for a Super Bowl. They got, you know, they got some names down there in firepower. <laughs> Let's see if they, they can produce. Obviously, you know, uh, you, you don't need any introduction to Tom Brady or Gronkowski or, or Mike Evans. But, you know, if Sean McCoy can add some stability and, and gain some yardage and catch some passes, I think it'll be a nice fit for him at a, at a very low price, too. Yeah, I'm just not sure how much Shady has left. Um, we saw it in That's, Kansas City last year, yeah. inactive for all the playoffs, and I think the last couple games of the regular season as well. I think, I think at this point, it just reminds me of signing a name. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, instead yeah. of someone that's really got production. Yeah, I mean, I know the Eagles were in on him as well. I'm not sure if if he would have produced more with the Eagles or not. Uh, but I think he will. He does already have a defined role, just being signed there as the pass catching back in that offense. Right. Um, staying within the division, there, Nigel Bradham, the former Eagles linebacker, signed with the Saints. Saints. Um, I mean, that's just that. That's a good signing there. Uh, definitely depth piece with the Kiko Alonso's injury histories, mm-hmm. uh, coming off his third torn ACL of his career. So. Very smart signing. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of these signings, I don't have the uh, contract details, but most of them are probably going to be one-year veteran vet minimum. Vet uh, minimum, which yeah. is I'd agree with that. The one million that that Shady's getting essentially. Um, Dion Jordan, uh, number former number three overall pick, signs with the uh, Niners this past week, um, giving them more edge depth which I don't know why they need it. <laughs> They've got some firepower, but maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe they thought the Seahawks were going to go after him. <laughs> Again, he was on the Seahawks before. Yeah. But. <laughs> and didn't really, I mean, his whole career, is, he was, you know, drafted off potential and it hasn't necessarily um, panned out the way that everyone viewed it when, they, when he came into the league. Yeah, two sacks with the Raiders last year. Um, that would probably f- be fine for the Niners if he got two sacks this year. <laughs> probably be pretty good for that signing there. Um, the Denver Broncos, they released a tight end, uh, Jeff Hireman. I was going to say former second-round pick, but I can't remember if he was. I know he's a draft pick of the Broncos, but I don't think he was that high, as long as I can remember anyways. Uh, it was only a couple years that they dra- ago that they drafted him, um, but he should sign, I believe, quickly. Anyways, he's he's a solid number two tight end that you can use. Yeah, he is. He's a he's a nice target. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys they ended their kicking battle. Greg the Leg won. Um, cut Kai Forbath. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to get signed anywhere soon or not, but. They yeah, the, I mean now you're you, you got a cup. You got the. It's almost like a kicker flood flood in the market because you got Gano, who was cut by the Panthers as well. Yeah, yeah, Graham Gano cut by the Panthers. Um, that long, was a, long time Panther. He was, you know, my wife being from Raleigh, North Carolina, is a big Panthers fan. So um, one of her, you know, favorite players, and was solid. You know, had had a nice nice leg most of his career, but uh, I believe he's thirty two. So, how much does he have left in the tank? And, you know, can you keep paying him millions of dollars if he's injured? So, they let him go. Plus, that 
they're letting everybody go, so it shouldn't be yeah. a surprise <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a cap move. Uh, I believe he was due about four $4.3 million yep. this year. Um, keeping a younger guy in Joey Sly and, and less cap, I believe Joey Sly is only going to make 700000 Um yeah. So definitely, I mean, they, they want to keep their cap, get their cap down. I think... I think the crazy part of them, you know, you get an owner and he comes in here and he redoes everything. He wants to put his fingerprint on it. They have the most dead money in the league at $41 million. Yeah. Um, so please walk away, but here's a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, David Tepper definitely wants to uh, start fresh. Um, and, I mean, they, they did – they still have Marty Herney as the GM, and he's been through it uh, when he was the GM the first time. First time, right. And he, he got the Panthers out of out of cap debt. So uh, I believe he's the guy to get get it done this time too, um, and especially Matt Rule is definitely a good hire for them at head coach there. Moving on with the signings here, signings and cuts. I just called it veteran player news on the script here. Um Another DN got signed, Adam Gotsis, uh, former Denver Bronco, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, giving them some uh, defensive line depth in their 3-4 uh, there. Or 4-3, I forget if they run 3-4, 4-3 base. But um, I know he's he, he runs a he was running a 3-4 in Denver, so he's 3-4 at right. the end. I mean, he's not, he's not bad either. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to start. I... I and blanking on who the uh, Jags' de- defensive linemen are right now, e- except for uh, Yannick Ngakwe, but he's not yeah. going to he's not going to play for them anyways. So he's right. <laughs> uh, the Saints and Jets cutting a, a couple guys here. Saints cutting Maurice Harris and Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, wide receivers there. Tommy Lee Lewis, he had been on the Saints for a couple years now. Uh, Usual mainstay at the bottom of their wide receiver depth chart. Depth chart, yeah. But now just, adding Emmanuel Sanders in there and a couple other younger guys. So all you need to know is their number one wide receiver. He could probably <laughs> be uh, everywhere at once if you want him. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, the Jets also cut a couple guys. Their starting guard from last year, Brian Winters. Brian Winters, yeah. And. Um, Longtime wide receiver Quincy Inunua had the neck issues, so uh, he actually got cut with a failed physical designation. So uh, Brian Winters though landed real quick uh, in interdivision. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been solid for the Jets. I mean, it's it's you know why not pick him up in the same division? Maybe he can give you a little extra scouting report on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, signing with Buffalo. Um, and in a corresponding move, they released Spencer Long and another interior offensive lineman. So, um, yeah, I mean, they find they found a potential starter if they needed one. I, um, I'd have to look on the Bills' depth chart of what they have in the interior, but um, can definitely start for them right away if, if they needed him too. Especially since Larry Werford opted out, the the best free agent guard on the market. So, mm-hmm. um, staying in the Northeast, there. Uh, the Washington football team signed uh, wide receiver Dontrell Inman. I hate saying that. It's really annoying. But uh, Dontrell Inman, he's, he's a good depth piece. I mean, that he's wide a, receiver. Good, yeah, I agree. Good depth piece. Uh, you know, if he can capture some of the things he did uh, early on in, in San Diego, uh, it would be a nice pickup. Yeah, I mean, that, that whole offense, they need help wherever they can get it. So <laughs> uh, definitely be able to help. Um, Terry McLaurin and them uh, at the wide receiver position. A couple tight ends got signed this this week um, as well. Darrell Adams uh, signed with the Ravens to give them um, another depth piece at, at that position. I uh, believe he'll be third tight end if if he makes the roster. I'm not sure. Yeah, he'll be a third tight end. Um, with Mark Anders and Nick Boyle there. And then Jordan Reed signed with San Francisco. He'll be uh, George Kittle's backup, presumably. I mean, unless they're going to give the backup duties still uh, to Garrett Selleck. 
Well, and it also reunites him with with Shanahan, who he has some experience with in the past. So, um, some familiarity. I can see it being a good move. Yeah, I mean, especially with their uh, way they want to run that offense, uh, zone run scheme, and uh, run two tight ends. I think that would benefit them more than running a thirteen person or not thirteen personnel, uh, eleven personnel. Eleven personnel with uh, one one running back, one uh, tight end. Actually, they they run twenty one personnel more than anything. Two running backs, one one tight end. So uh, if they want to run twenty two, maybe. <laughs> you gotta get use check on the field, so you gotta you gotta run two running backs. Um, couple more things here, veteran wise. Uh, Darquez Dennard, the corner, former uh, Bengal draft pick, uh, visited with the Falcons. They can use all the all the secondary help that they can get. So uh, I'm not sure if he's gonna sign. It would probably be a good idea to sign him, but uh, skip that one for now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that one at the end. Uh, Giants, Giants signed uh, offensive lineman Nick Gates to a two-year, ten point three five million dollar max contract extension. Um, he's been a, a depth piece for them, uh, good interior swing guy, and I know he can play off the tackle as well. I believe. Also with the Giants, their leading sacker from last year, Marcus Golden, he signed his unrestricted free agent tender. Uh, little known tender, little used tender, uh, but he's going to go back to the Giants on a one-year $5.1 million deal there. So that is all the signings and releases that I have, and now we'll get into a bit of a longer conversation <laughs> with Mr. Antonio Brown. What a revolving door. So, suspended eight games by the league, uh, not going to appeal it which I think is smart on his end because he'd probably lose. Still is a free agent out there. Uh, I know the Seahawks and Ravens both have interests in him. Um, but They he have could, interest, and both of those quarterbacks have advocated for him. So, But he could um, still get suspended more games, the NFL said. It could be more games. They, that's the key is they're still investigating uh, the whole situation. You know, I... I chuckle because one day he, he says he's done with the NFL. The next he says <laughs> he needs to come back. Um, and <clears throat> the sad part about it all is just the production that he had on the field. If he could have just stayed there, you know, st- stayed in, in, in Pittsburgh, he would still be having similar production, you would think, if everybody was healthy. Because healthy, you'd still have Juju on one side. Or on the same side to stretch the field, he could do what he needs to do. Um, yep. And you have an experienced quarterback in Ben Ben, though he has been injured. But um, someone, an organization that accepted you, um, even when you did some things that maybe were unacceptable, if you could have just said, "All right, I'm going to go in a room, and Ben and I are going to hash this out, so that we can keep doing what we do." Um, so that's the sad part, you know. I never believe in uh, athletes, you know, shut up and play. You, you, they definitely have a platform to um, voice things that are going on in society and, and, and to voice, you know, political ways to better our country. But the things that he were, was always complaining about was him or mm-hmm. his team. It wasn't – so when I say go back and play football, we miss seeing – your prowess on the field. Just go back and play football. Get your life right outside of it, and let's watch you um, for the next few years at the at the end of your career. But he's got to go to a place that you know is going to accept his personality, that has a strong locker room presence, and the Seahawks and Ravens seem to have that. If those are landing spots, your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean. I was talking to someone this past weekend, and I was like, you know, if, if like you said, if he would have stayed in Pittsburgh, I believe he would have gotten close to Jerry Rice's records uh, because he was on track. Uh, his trajectory, if he would have played until he was like 36, I believe was the was the age that he had to get to to get close or break it, break all right. of Jerry Rice's records. And 
yeah, he would have gotten close. But and now, the way that they they protect the receiver, I could see the longevity being till 36, 37, 38. Yeah, and now now he's he's not even gonna he's not even gonna maybe even get into the top ten of receiving yards and touchdowns um, if he ever gets on the field. Um, All right. I guess yeah. that's the big question, or not the question, the big mystery is, will he ever step on a field again? Yeah, he has, uh, like you said, uh, more games could be coming. He has another hearing for his, I think it's the, the civil suit now, is uh, the hearing that he has in September. So we'll see what comes out of that. But yeah, someone still could sign him. I, I know people were saying, why sign him now? Uh, when he's going to miss the first eight games. I mean, I, I said, you know, learn the offense, learn your teammates' names, because he can, if he gets signed now, he can still participate in all the preseason stuff. Um, right. And then once September comes, he, he just will be out. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a big mystery with uh, Antonio Brown there. And uh, I, I know I'm wearing a, a hockey jersey today. We usually we usually <laughs> wear we usually wear football jerseys on the show, but should have worn my St. Louis Blues gear, you know, my, my the defending Stanley Cup champions. Teams Even though the, it feels like it's been two years since we won. <laughs> teams in the playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, so had to wear it today. Game tonight, game three, but um, NFL NFLPA opt out deadline is tomorrow, four o'clock Eastern. They already have 60 total players opted out. Um, I would say probably only one-sixth of that is big-name guys that are going to actually make a difference with not being on the field. But um, it definitely gives other guys opportunities to step up, um, as well as we were talking all along about the undrafted free agents, late-round guys not having a chance. Well, I think this opt-out thing uh, with a lot of vets opting out gives those guys more of a chance this year than they would have had um, oh, yeah. without it. Opens up a lot more opportunities. Um, we all know that the Patriots kind of have been – a lot of their big names have, have opted out. So <clears throat> if we have a full season and they run the gauntlet – in the NFL, you know, until the second round of the playoffs or something, we know who the greatest coach ever is in football. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the opt-outs, I'll just run through the names that uh, I had that were new from last week's show. Um, Cincinnati defensive tackle Josh Tupau and offensive tackle Isaiah Prince. Uh, Jacksonville defensive tackle Al Woods and edge rusher Laurenti McCray. Uh, L.A. Rams offensive tackle Chandler Brewer. Uh, Patriots wide receiver Marquise Lee and tight end Matt Lacoste. That's going to give those uh, two rookies that they drafted a, a chance at the tight end position. The Jets lost a huge piece in their defense. Linebacker C.J. Mosley opting out. Same can be said for uh, Buffalo with uh, corner E.J. Gaines. Not as big, but still definitely a, a starting corner in there. Dallas lost uh, their fullback, Jameez Olawale, to the opt-outs. The Giants, wide receiver Damari Scott and cornerback Sam Beal opting out. Um, the Lions, wide receiver Geronimo Allison and center Russell Bodine. Panthers linebacker Christian Miller. Broncos offensive tackle Jawan James. Um, that, that's a big, big one for starting having right a tackle. Young, young quarterback and... Uh, Washington linebacker Josh Harvey Clemens, uh, Chicago safety Jordan Lucas, uh, Browns defensive tackle Andrew Billings, uh, Dolphins wide receivers Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson, Cardinals uh, right tackle Marcus Gilbert, and Niners wide receiver Travis Benjamin. So, um, first couple guys I said weren't, weren't really a uh, main big name guys, but, uh, like I said, when I got down there, C.J. Mosley, E.J. Gaines, uh, Jawan James, and I would even say the, the two wide receivers for Miami, I mean, who's going to play wide receiver for them now other right. than Devontae Parker? 
And we had uh, did Dante Hightower opt out for the Patriots? Yeah, yeah. I was just listing guys that were uh, that are, new from that new. from new, last week's right, show. Right. Yeah. Well, we know that's gonna hurt them. Yeah, I think there's uh, eight total Patriots now that have opted out. So yeah, they're they're definitely the highest number uh, on the list, but uh, sixty total, like I said, so far. Tomorrow at four, we'll see how many more we get. Think, then, think we reach a hundred? No. Players? Um. I mean, no, probably not. Not not within. Now now that we're within twenty four hours, tomorrow, so right. That makes um, sense. I just wondered if it would be. You know that century number. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, could push eighty, possibly uh, twenty more would sound all right. Uh, but I there, can see that. there, I can see that seventy, eighty, another ten or twenty. Yeah, there, there are two ways though that uh, a player can opt out after the deadline that the NFL put out. Um, the first one is if. The player is uh, diagnosed with a new high-risk condition. Um, I'm not really sure what those conditions are, um, but uh, the second one is if a family member dies, I knew that dies, is hospitalized, or moves to a medical facility um, because of COVID or. Uh, a related condition. So those are the only two ways that they can opt out after the deadline there. It'll be interesting to see um, how many opt out after the season begins. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it'd be hard. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they, they can make make it work. <laughs> getting Getting the documentation needed to to show that they want to opt out, but I, I would I feel like personally I, w- I would like to see the NFL move the deadline uh, closer to the season. I mean, obviously that that kills the teams there, but uh, it would definitely give players a, a more. I think it's pretty. That was the one thing that I'm glad you brought up. I just think it's it's pretty early. Um, I understand, you know, they're they're training camp and this and that. And, filling out your rosters and signing players but you know what are what is it going to feel like when you're practicing every day and you're with your teammates how are you going to feel what are the numbers going to look like Mm -hmm. Um, so I I do I find it pretty interesting as well especially since you know they're not in a bubble now with saying that I'm not saying that they should be in a bubble because there's way too many a players and staff members. I don't even know where you would do an NFL bubble at, unless you bought a country and built all this stadium and said everybody stay in here. It's just you can't you can't be like the NBA. You can't. There's no. It's not feasible for you to go down to Walt Disney and play a bunch of ball ball games. Right. They they can just all fly to Hawaii and go to go. where they used to play the Pro Bowl. That's that's probably the <laughs> smartest thing, honestly. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, we talked about the bubble thing last week. Uh, it's yeah, it's not not a feasible thing there. Um, I've missed a few weeks. Uh, I'm down the <laughs> You're good. Uh, a couple other things here. So the the Vikings they re- signed GM Rick Spielman to a contract extension. I haven't heard any details about it. Uh, exactly how long it is for, but I was. I would assume that it matches up with uh, what Mike Zimmer signed a couple weeks ago uh, for his contract extension. That's usually how it goes. Um, another big thing, we're uh, talking about coronavirus, COVID-19. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson tested positive. So he is in quarantine now. He has to, He has the same protocols as the players. He has to test negative three times in order to get back into the Eagles facility. Uh, running backs coach uh, slash assistant head coach, Deuce Staley, he'll be running the day-to-day operations right now. So you are correct. Um, Rick Spillman's contract runs along with um, head coach Zimmer. Uh, they both were set to expire 2020. They're going through 2023. 
Yeah, and I think that also lines up with uh, Kirk Cousins' contract as well. Right. Um, now, with the head coach, you know, with Doug, Doug Peterson testing positive, I, um, I'm assuming, just like in baseball, you know, with the Cardinals, my, my favorite team, testing, you know, people came out if they wanted their names out. So I guess he wanted people to know mm-hmm. that he was tested positive. Um, <clears throat> as far as I know, it's he's not battling anything that's yeah. life-threatening. So, A, that's positive. Um, but, B, with all these, you know, people, like I was listening around the horn um, waiting for my kid's uh, doctor's appointment the other day, and they were talking about this. And the question was, how do you feel about this? Well, my thing is he's human. He, yeah. he got he got something that a lot of people have. And, and in sports, I don't know if people just believe that they shouldn't get it or they're above getting it, but people aren't above getting it. So I'm not going to shame um, Coach Peterson. You know, I just wish him well and hope that he recovers, and I hope it hasn't passed down to any of the other coaches or the players. Yeah, I know uh... – I know that he he came out and said that he had no symptom. He has no symptoms. Yeah. Um, and I know they the the Eagles did send home one other coach that was that had been in close contact with with Coach Peterson. So uh, I'm not sure what the status of the other coach is, but um, I think s- it would be you know interesting to data mine you know x amount of positive cases. Of COVID, well, here's X amount that have no symptoms, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they have. I just haven't had time to research it because you take like another sport, like the Cardinals. You know, seven players and six um, front office staff members have tested positive for COVID, right. and of those, two of them have had symptoms, and the symptoms have been cough, headache, and mild fever, and it only lasted for like two days. And I'm not. That's not taking away with with what's going on with COVID nineteen, but um, you know, if you if all these people are, are getting it and they're and they're following, you know, the baseball's not doing a bubble either, but a lot of people are becoming asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. And with baseball, you stay farther away from each other in the field. Well, now you're going to be hitting each other <laughs> in the NFL and dogpiling and. So it's, it's going to be interesting. But these tests or these positives that come up, I, I'm curious to see how many people are asymptomatic. Yeah, uh, definitely be interesting. I think uh, one thing with, with the Eagles sticking there, uh, Deuce Staley, is, he's definitely uh, in a good position to, to run the team. I know he was up for the offensive coordinator position uh, when that was open this year, but – uh, they decided against it, gave him the assistant head coach title instead, uh, which I'm not sure if that's bigger in, in, in the coaching world than being a coordinator or not, but um, I think I think he's definitely a, a good good person to run the day-to-day while Doug Peterson's recovering there. He's been around football. It'll be a great opportunity to, you know, to be the central figure until, until uh, Doug Peterson is back. A um, couple players that uh, actually will we'll go to the uh, the COVID list. We'll stick with that theme there. Um, so the Bills there, they, they sent all their rookies home the other day. Uh, they had five test positive yes. there. Um, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> but I didn't see the names, but I just saw that five of them had tested positive i don't i don't know if they were all in maybe in a room and you know that other people weren't coming into so they they contracted it or something right and that's the thing with young players it's 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 hard uh you want to go out and you want to you want to go to bars you want to go to clubs live live up your your 20s um and you just can't uh for your team that's that's just what you have to do. Uh, you have to decide whether your fun is more important than helping your team win a championship. Essentially, is is what it comes down to right now. Um, the COVID 
uh, reserve list right now that, that players have been getting put on, whether they test positive or they've been in close contact with someone that has been infected. A um, bunch of guys were added this past week and taken off as well. Um, so for the Packers, Mason Crosby, the kicker, and tight end Jay Sternberger. The Steelers, running back Jalen Samuels and wide receiver James Washington. Uh, the Jags quarterback Gardner Minshew and uh, running back Raquel Armstead. Minshew has been taken off since. Uh, the Dolphins guard Eric Flowers. And the Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay, quarterback Matthew Stafford, and tight end TJ Hawkinson. Galladay and Stafford both taken off um, since. With, and you know, the interesting thing about, especially since we're in Athens, so you get a little bit more news on. A former bulldog, but his was post was a false positive. Yeah. So, you, that's what's going to be interesting about all these tests is, you know, let's say that you you have you go, someone goes in the facility and they're doing social distancing and they're cleaning and they have no symptoms and they take this test and boom, it says you know it says positive and you have a game tomorrow. Well. You're not going to be able to play, but then, you know, you test further down two or three days later, or, they, or the quarterback or the wide receiver, whoever it may be, I, I have no symptoms. And then these tests come back, oh, it was a false positive. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens? Do do they have a – have they all negotiated that they should get the pay for missing that game or you don't get the pay? I mean, I know we're talking about Matthew Stafford who is not hurting on money. You, you know, but yeah. what if it is a rookie or on a vet minimum or just a minimum contract? That's going to hurt. It's the same thing that, that I've had discussions with high school coaches and teachers is, you know, we're going back to school. We're practicing right now like Georgia's going to have high school football. And it's not like they're going to be testing yeah. for COVID. But if a coach contracts it, does he have to use his sick days or are you going to let – because he's going to have to quarantine. So are you giving him extra sick days or vacation? How is this, this going to work in the realm of high school sports? Even? Right, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, it, it's a, it's just they're they're working on it as they go. It's kind of just just yeah. learn, learn as you go. and uh, learn, learn, fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, and I know, uh, I mean, I haven't looked into it specifically, but uh, – definitely the uh the pay the pay thing uh that that's definitely in the uh, revised cba that they did cba uh, i figured it was i just haven't had a chance to read it yeah the same with me uh but yeah uh definitely it, it's gonna be interesting so uh well my sister is, she's she's a kindergarten teacher and uh She's telling me that uh, for schools, anyways, it's uh, by the district, and you get you get two weeks um, if you test, test positive there. So, right. Uh, I mean, and I, and I wonder, I wonder what subs. I'm sure the substitute teacher numbers would be down. Like, if, yeah. <laughs> if you were a substitute teacher, just doing it to get out of the house or for a little extra money. Well, now I, I don't want to be around all these kids. Right. <laughs> I don't want to put myself, you know, out there. Um, last thing here, a couple guys uh, started camp on Pup, the physically unable yes. to perform list. Uh, Jets backup quarterback Joe Flacco. And then uh, the Patriots, again, the Patriots have been in the news for every every kind of list that they have in the NFL. They got players on them. So, uh, running back Sony Michelle and uh, wide receiver Muhammad Sanu both on uh, pup list to start training camp. There, Michelle was a uh, foot surgery, and uh, I forget what Muhammad Sanu had there. I know Joe Flacco was his back that he's had issues with for like the last however many years. But those guys are on pup, and uh, if if they well they're on the, they're on the active pup. So if uh, if they start season on pup, they have to sit out the first six games, I believe it is. Right, and I do believe Michelle's surgery was—I mean, it was maybe in May. Yeah, I think so. He should be rehabbing, looking to to get on the—you know—not miss those six games. We hope. 
Well, yeah, I, I hope he doesn't miss any games because I uh, got him in a trade in my dynasty league. So, uh, <laughs> well, and he's represented. I'm gonna need you know, him. <laughs> uh, us bulldogs very well, so we hope he's on the on the field. And um, you know, it would be whoever takes over at quarterback at the start of the season, whether it's Stidham or or um, Cam Newton, it would be nice to have Sanu out there as a target. Yeah, uh, they're definitely hurting for wide receivers as well. That is all we have for the show today. Um, like I said, a lot of NFL news, a lot of just quick little things, but uh, good discussions, Mark. Um, as always, everyone, please follow us on all our social media right here on Facebook, um, as well as Twitter and Instagram at FAA Podcast. Uh, not sure if Chris is going to be on next week or not. Next week, though, we are having a fantasy mock draft so we're looking to get four or five people on here to do a, a little mock um which should be interesting as well and we'll go through all the nfl news and notes uh from the week as well just like we could do every week hey i love sports i love talking football <laughs> any sport i probably talk too much on this but uh thanks for having me i'd come back anytime man no yeah thank you uh resident st louis fan and are you are did you follow did you follow the rams to la or is that i am a through and through st louis fan it broke my heart um but i can tell you my first um, time at bush stadium and edward jones or t was twa growing up um dome so i was mad but what was funny is for my marriage gift, I got my dog a new puppy that she wanted, and we named her named him Gurley. We lived in North, in North Carolina at the time, but he was a ten pick of the Rams. They were still in mm-hmm. St. Louis, so we had just bought our got into our first house together, and we were like, we're gonna name him Gurley, man, because I had coached against him his high school in North Carolina, and just was you know he was a good kid, good to good to the community, still gives back. So everybody in North Carolina kept saying, why did you name your boy dog girl? And then we moved down to Athens, Georgia, a few, year le- a few years later. And the first time we saw someone, they were like, is it after Todd Gurley? I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> and so they left for St. Louis. And what broke me heart broke my heart was not just them leaving. It was Stan Kroenke is a Missouri guy, Mizzou mm-hmm. graduate. Um, and he turned his back on the state, you know. And I know he's got his big, expansive – venue out there and whatnot but he still can't pack the fans in there and we packed it when they were losing um so yeah i'm still a rams fan but with that said Gurley is now with the falcons so i will definitely keep an eye on their games i I would cheer for him as long as he's in the league and then my wife being a panthers fan um you know we'll get the nfl ticket and what we'll do is we'll bounce from rams the Panthers, now we'll watch Gurley, and then who doesn't want love watching um, Lambeau Faithful? It's just the city owns it, and Aaron Rodgers is so fun. So those are like the four teams that I bounce around. All Anybody right. but the Seahawks, honestly. <laughs> I just hate the Seahawks. So. All righty. Well, thanks again, Mark. Um, always glad to see you. And uh, we will be back next week. All right, buddy. Take it easy.